few verses from Matthew 27, the verses 45 to 50. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Our focus tonight is on verse 45. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. We have recalled together this evening the various events surrounding the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. We have read that the curtain of the temple was torn. We have read that the rocks were split open. We have read Jesus' words from the cross and the jeers of the crowd. And tonight we focus our attention on, on this small verse in Matthew chapter 20, 27. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. Three hours of darkness. And the significance of those three hours of darkness preparing for the suffering and death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some would try to explain these three hours of darkness away as a natural event. Now, children, our text says that it was from the sixth hour until the ninth hour. Now, that's not from six o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock in the morning. The way they accounted time and the way that this is written, this was from noon until three o'clock in the afternoon. At the time when you would expect the sun to be at its brightest. Now, it's evening now, we go outside, the sun's down, we expect that. But from noon until three in the afternoon, we expect the sun to be shining brightly. When you would expect the sun on that crucifixion day, Instead, there was darkness. Some, as I said, have tried to explain this as a natural occurrence. Perhaps this was an eclipse. There are those who suggest this perhaps was an eclipse that took place. And, and if you've been in a solar eclipse, uh, you know there is a certain darkening of uh, the world around you. But this is described as darkness. And, and remember... These events took place about the time of the Passover. The Passover is connected with the full moon. And if you are one who studies these things and knows these things about astronomy, you know that a solar eclipse cannot take place when there is a full moon. The solar eclipse takes place when there is a new moon. This absolutely cannot be a solar eclipse. And, and even one of the longest solar eclipses uh, lasted for less than eight minutes. This is three hours of darkness. 
Some have suggested that what was going on here was, was a desert dust or sand storm. And maybe some of you have experienced those. We used to live in Phoenix, Arizona, and you would at times see this wall of dust coming toward you. And when that dust hit, yes, there was a certain darkness that there was around you. And, and in Israel, there was a term for that. They called that the black shirako. The black shirako, this dust and wind storm. But the word they used to describe the black shirako is not the word that is used here. This is the word for darkness. This was no natural event. This was no natural occurrence. This was an act of God surrounding the death of his son. And as such, we, we look for the significance of, of darkness and these three hours of darkness. This is such a striking event because of who is involved in these three hours of darkness. The Father is sending darkness on the Son. God the Father. God the Father who is connected with light itself. Think, kids, of one of God's first acts. What's one of the first things God does in creation? There is darkness covering the face of the deep, and God says, let there be light. God is a God who dispels the darkness, and God brings light. Think of how God revealed himself in the Old Testament. When God came to Abram to make a covenant with him, Perhaps you remember that story from Genesis 15, how Abram is to take these animals and cut them in half, and then something passes between these two pieces, a picture of God. What goes between the pieces? It is a fire pot and a flaming torch. God pictures himself as light. Remember the Exodus kids. When God took Israel out of captivity, how did he lead them? A pillar of fire led them on their way. And, and when the tabernacle and, were, and the temple were completed and God's presence dwelt there, what do we read? His glory was there. So majestic, they couldn't be anywhere near it. God is a God who is connected with light. One of the texts we read often, 1 John chapter 1, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God the Father, characterized by light. God the Son, also characterized by light and by glory. Think about when Jesus was born. Who was sent to announce his birth? It was angels. And what do we read when those angels came to the shepherds? The glory of the Lord shone around them. Jesus' birth announcement is connected with light and glory. John, in describing the advent, the coming of Jesus of Christ, describes it this way in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That was Jesus. The true light that gives light. Jesus described as light. In Matthew's account of Jesus' life, just a few chapters back in chapter 17, we have the story of the transfiguration. We read there, After six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light." Both the Father and the Son connected with light and glory. But here, here the Father sends three hours of darkness upon His Son. The God of light sends darkness on the light of the world. What was the significance of that event? This act of God, this non-natural event, darkness, three hours of darkness. We know that from reading the prophets in the Old Testament, darkness was a picture of God's judgment upon his enemies. Back in the prophet Amos, chapter 8, we read this, describing the Lord coming in judgment. And on that day, declares the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. God declares this is what his judgment will be. Darkness! The darkness of judgment at noon. And I will darken the earth in broad daylight. That's what we see going on in these three hours of darkness, a picture of God's judgment. Again from the prophets, the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 13, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel with wrath and fierce anger, to make the land a desolation, to destroy its sinners from it. For the stars of the heavens and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark at its rising, and the moon will not shed its light. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. Darkness. Darkness, a picture of God's judgment, God's punishment upon wickedness. Think of when Israel came out of Egypt, kids. Remember that? Israel came out of Egypt and God sent those ten plagues before taking his people out. Remember what the ninth plague was? The ninth plague 
was darkness. Darkness for three days, a darkness described as a darkness that could be felt. A darkness that could be felt. Here we have not three days of darkness, but three hours of darkness. Don't don't think of that as a lessening in intensity, but a heightening in intensity. God, to Egypt, poured out his anger and judgment over the space of three days in darkness. Here, the full wrath of God, all of that, in three hours. The intensity of God's wrath poured out on his Son in three hours of darkness. God's judgment. And here, here God's judgment upon Jesus Christ. Remember, kids, that ninth plague led to the last plague, that terrible plague, which was the death of the firstborn child of God's enemies. Here, on the cross, the three hours of darkness lead to the death of the firstborn Son of God. Darkness. Three hours of darkness. The wrath of God poured out upon His Son. That's what was going on in those three hours. And the amazing thing The amazing thing is that God pours out His wrath upon His own firstborn Son for those three hours, not because He deserved it, but because we deserved it. He had done nothing wrong. He was not there taking the wrath of God because of His own wickedness. Jesus Christ was there bearing the sins of His people. That darkness should have been poured out on us. The wrath of God in all of its fullness against our sins, our transgressions, our iniquities. But God doesn't do that. Instead, He pours out His wrath upon His Son that we might receive His blessing. We might receive the assurance that all of our sins are forgiven. We know because Christ bore them there. Those three hours of darkness, God's wrath against our sin poured out on Jesus Christ. That's why we gather tonight to remember what He did for us. The suffering He underwent was on our behalf. He experienced darkness that we could know the light of God's love. We could know the light of His grace and of His mercy. And God continues to to herald that message again tonight, that we are to put our faith and our trust and our hope in no one else but Jesus Christ, the light of the world. He's the one that bears the sin. He's the one that was in the darkness on our behalf, 
Put your faith and your hope and your trust in Him. Stop living in darkness. Stop living in a world of darkness. Embrace Jesus Christ and know the glory of His light. For truly He is the light of the world to everyone who believes in Him. Tonight we come to the table of our Lord a table that speaks of our fellowship with God. We come and and we remember Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life. And the truth that, that a shroud was put over the Son of God, the curse was laid upon Him, that we might have the blessing that we might might take and eat and be spiritually fed by the body and blood of Jesus Christ, no longer living in darkness, but walking in the light of His glorious love. Three hours of darkness upon Jesus Christ, the firstborn Son of God, that there might be an eternity of blessing and light for us who are found in him. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, the events of the crucifixion day are truly beyond our understanding. How can we ever fathom the fullness of your wrath poured out upon your son? How can we fathom not only the event but the expression of your mercy and grace toward us in that he took the punishment that we justly deserved. Oh, Lord God, forgive us if we ever take lightly the suffering, crucifixion, and death of our Savior, Jesus Christ. May we once again tonight commit ourselves to living and to walking in the light of your word, in the light of your love, and and sharing that truth and sharing that love with all those around us. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.